everybody. What's up? I'm Sarah the Rebel. And I'm Mo Katrina. And this is One, One Up Podcast. Podcast. In case you're new here, this is a show where two feminist crazy cat lady chicks talk about geeky stuff, sometimes with our friends, who we'll introduce you to in just a moment. Yay! Every other Wednesday at 8 p.m. we run down our favorite nerdy news of the week, and then we talk about our chick picks, and then we move on to our main topic. Yay! You have the entire script in front of you, and I'm not good at... Girl, and I asked you to put that Hey, in you know what, though? Uh, if you guys are listening on allgames.com in the future, hello, welcome. And if you want to find us on iTunes, we are on iTunes and on allgames.com slash whoop. 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 Uh, that's the easy place to find us. Uh, today's guest is Tamar Brooks, hello. a well-rounded nerd. Tell us about yourself a little. Uh, I um, enjoy nerdery on very many levels, as I am well-rounded. I know... <laughs> Way too much trivia about things, uh, and remember far too many theme songs of things that I watched as a child. Um, and I like Wonder Woman a lot, and I hope that she doesn't suck him in, in the Batman for Superman movie, or else I'm going to maybe have to set fire to something. It's my constant hope. I hope this yeah. woman doesn't suck. I don't, I don't have a problem with the casting. That's never, it's, there's things, mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. things. And um, what else should I talk about? That's it. That's, That's it. Okay, we can That's talk it. more. They can get to know not, you as we actually answer the questions. Not to pull this too far off topic, yes, but Gal Gadot has recently done. Well, I forgot exactly which interview she was in, but she was Vogue. She yeah, Vogue. She was like, Wonder Woman is not there to be a love interest. Yeah. She doesn't serve anyone else's story, which I'm appreciative of. So I'm hoping that that's true and that it's not like the way she views it. <laughs> right, because sometimes actors and actresses true. have to trick themselves to like feel for a role. Yeah, yeah. it's just the way it is. And mm-hmm. that may be the truth. Like, and also like going forward, that's maybe more of the case. Because mm-hmm. I think they just fin- finished. Either they just finished filming Wonder Woman or about to finish it because they start filming Justice League like next month. Yeah. So from from what I've seen of that, mm-hmm. that looks like it's on target. Yeah, I'm really excited for Wonder so, Woman. Not so excited for BBS. BVS. I'm not excited for it at all. I don't plan to see it unless other people go see it and go, Sarah, oh my god, we were all so wrong. A Patreon to raise $15 for someone else to pay for me to see that movie. Yeah, hey, Skype and Clout, if anybody anybody wants to send me some perks, I'll go see BVS. Um, But either way, uh, today we are talking the history of women in comics. Yes. Yes. But before Um, that... It's time for... Newsflash! We haven't... Quite figured out that noise. We're gonna keep. We're working on, on it. Uh, the only one we have solidified is like chick picks. So right. and that one's we've got that. You'll see that one in a second. Um, there is a couple. There are a couple cool news bits this week. Um, the Ghostbusters trailer was yes. released, and we also got the international trailer mm-hmm. today. Um, <clears throat> so thoughts real quick before we go into the big topic about it. Right. Um. So basically, the trailer did not impress me. Mm-hmm. When I watched the first one, I thought, while this is pandering to me with the dun, 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 doing the Ghostbusters theme as a piano, I was like, okay, you're trying to get me to feel feels for it. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then you presented me with the ghost from the Michael Jackson music video Ghost. <laughs> or maybe a Power Rangers episode about ghosts. I don't know. Who? Where's your budget? Did you not have a budget for ghosts? Maybe you should have gone with practical effects then. Because Technically, that's what they did. Uh, just as a little context, those were real people. There were LED lights, and then they edited on top of. Oh, that. then maybe they should have tried some CGI. <laughs> <laughs> it looks hideous. It looks hideous. It looks like I'm 
about to be on a ride. I got to put my 3D glasses on at the park. <laughs> it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also personally, what I enjoyed about Ghostbusters, the movie, is mm-hmm. that they were people playing it straight, right? Mm-hmm. They were a bunch of motherfuckers who were like, oh shit, there's ghosts? That sucks. <laughs> and then they worked to fix it. And they had their quirks because they were human beings, characters with their own quirks. And their deadpan reaction to things that made it feel really, like, realistic, like how I would react to something, for example, mm-hmm. is what made it funny. So when you then present me with these caricatures of care, we've got the quirky nerd, and we've got the the one who just doesn't get it, and then we've got the one who's the go-getter, we can do this team, and then we've got the sassy black woman. I was just like, you know, I could have used some characters. Mm-hmm. That was my feels on it. Fair enough. Um, I'm of two minds of it. The first thing is that somewhat um, somewhat obviously the first trailer is designed to parallel the original. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, they may be forcing certain things to appear yeah, a certain the original way that trailer sucked. Yeah, <laughs> to to appear the way that it maybe isn't actually in the film. So it's it, it was so not only is it made to parallel the original film, but it's also made to give you examples of the comedy that you're accustomed to from each of the women. Mm. So you have Melissa McCarthy doing physical humor and falling down and getting hit. You have, uh, you know... I did laugh when she got slapped. That's it's when I laughed. people getting slapped in movies. It's it funny. funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kristen Wiig kind of doing the quirky straight, you know, like, aside kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you have Kate McKinnon, National Treasure, being, you know, weird and goofy, which is her thing. And then you have Leslie Jones, who's kind of like, um, sort of early Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's her brand Mm -hmm. so i think that for those purposes and for the audience that is attempting to reach that's probably working Mm. um so i also know that most trailers for paul feig movies make you is that how you say his name i think it's feig yeah it's feig i thought it was feig i've been saying it wrong in my head for like a year (laughs) awful feige you're the worst feige it's not feige feige is is kevin feige yes exactly his trail, the trailers for his movies tend to not be as enjoyable as the movies. Yes. So that's another thing to keep in mind. So, I didn't know Spy was so fucking amazing until I watched it on a flight, yeah. and I was like, why did I miss this? Bridesmaids, I also thought, was better than the trailers. So. Much. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty much along the lines of you guys. I was really underwhelmed by the first trailer. I am slightly a little... I am slightly more comfortable with the second trailer because mm-hmm. we got more time with the characters... Yeah. Um, we got to see a little bit more, and I'm not as bothered by the ghosts, I guess, but it's just, like, the movie seems like a real pretty, like, when you get, like, a cardboard box as as a kid, and your mom decorates it and makes it into a house and does all this nice stuff for it, but it's still a fucking cardboard box. Like, yeah. you know it's a cardboard box. And yeah. so it's, like, it's kind of, I wish it were amazing, but it is not amazing, <laughs> And that's really upsetting to me because every fucking time something that has to do with women is not amazing. Like, the top of the top, it's just like, this is shit, this is dumb, blah, blah, blah. And then when it's great, they're like, this isn't so great. So, yeah, just that's, that's basically what they say regardless of how good yeah. it is. So. There's, like, no winning here. Like, um, we can't even really defend it. So, real quick, mm-hmm. uh, my cat has discovered a bunch of Q-tips and is now flinging them around. Oh, beautiful. So, uh, if we could just pause for one quick second while I get those away from him. We were like, no, not my toys. He not my toys. To... Where did these come from? I know. From? What? 
did you take them? He was throwing them into the air, you guys. I was very distracted <laughs> while you were talking. Okay, so the second thing we wanted to briefly touch on for the Ghostbusters trailer mm-hmm. is, um, for many people, myself included, the initial response was, oh, your black character is A, not a scientist, B, is a stereotypical angry, sassy black woman, mm-hmm. C, literally slaps somebody in the trailer, <laughs> Uh, and works for the subway. Cool. Mm-hmm. Why you do that? And Leslie Jones responded, and her basic message was, why can't normal people be Ghostbusters? And I get you, I understand that, but why couldn't Kristen, w- Kristen Wiig be that normal person? Yes. Like, yeah. I don't understand why it's that big of a, like, if you need a normal person, why can't you just have... Like, Kristen Wiig would be the perfect normal straight man person. Um, Melissa right. McCarthy does that well as well. Yeah, she, yeah, they do it really well. Like, Kate McKinnon has to be a weirdo, but, like, those two had a role that you could have assigned to them, so. Right. I feel like that's a big mess up. And I, I don't know, it felt kind of like, of course, Leslie is defending her character. Yeah. She chose to play that character, after mm-hmm. all, and she often plays characters that are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. So it's not that surprising to me. Um, but when people bring it up as like, oh, see, this is why it doesn't matter, she's fine with it, then I like to bring up the article on Ernie Hudson mm-hmm. that just went up on EW pretty recently. Um, and he's kind of talked about this before. Yes. Yeah. Where Ernie is talking about the fact that he originally had a great backstory where he was a normal freaking person because they were originally going to cast Eddie Murphy is what their goal was. And when they got him, mm-hmm. they dropped him down to his current story and he always felt hurt and sad that his character didn't get to be as cool as the other characters didn't get to have as much of a role as the other characters wasn't as fleshed out as the other characters mm-hmm. Tamara yeah. do you have any thoughts on those two articles? Yeah I mean it's early yet as a true Libra I see both sides of the thing I don't think the only problem with her being an MTA worker is that if they don't actually make her a character and they mm-hmm. just make her a stereotype, that right. is where the problem lies. Yeah. I, there's nothing wrong with being an MTA worker. Right. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with... And and by all accounts, from what I understand, there is more to her character at that. And if you look at the trailers, especially, you know, you can kind of tell they're cutting around... There's a lot that they're... Okay, so this is the one... Yeah. yeah, that's the one thing that really interests me is that in every shot, she's, like, the absolute focus of her shots. And that's true. Like, when she's encountering the ghost, there's this glowing ball in front of her. Mm-hmm. So, if for some reason, Leslie Jones is our hero with the MacGuffin, mm-hmm. like, I can deal with that. But And I really do feel like it's, it's a thing where there's the academic side where they're just kind of like, this is the stuff that's happening versus her actually mm-hmm. knowing what's really... Like, you guys are over here doing this stuff, but do you, did you know that there's, you know... A river of slime under such as you know, or whatever. <laughs> right. To bring up Ghostbusters too. So mm-hmm. so yeah, so I think that there is more to her character. I think they're deliberately cutting around that. But I also think it's kind of shitty that you don't have more diversity in it mm-hmm. than just Leslie Jones. Um right. You know, the Latina Ghostbusters. Right, I was about to say, what about any other, yeah. <laughs> any other <laughs> kind of woman? <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like looking at the cast, I'm like, well, Kate McKinnon's really awesome. They, like, they're all really awesome, so I'm like, I can't be really mad mad, because it's not like any of them are terrible. Right. And I, you, know, you know, I, I also I took a little bit of umbrage with Leslie's way she chose to say it was okay. Mm-hmm. It would be like, oh, you guys are acting like MTA workers are bad, you should feel terrible for saying that MTA workers are bad, blah, 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 blah. Um, did any of us say that being the hired help or being a maid was bad? No. Back when we complained when black women were only playing yeah. these roles? No, no one is saying that. No one is dissing these 
um, these types of jobs. Mm-hmm. And to try to say that was kind of a misdirection yeah. Yeah. that I felt was real sneaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a question about representation and, and, you know, I don't know if she is in a position where she can talk about that yet because, again, we still don't know what her character is for. Right. Yeah. So if she, there's something else to defend there, she cannot talk about it at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and then the Ernie Hudson thing, um, you know, his character was supposed to, was like a former military officer and he was supposed to be there in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I would like to have read an early version of the script to see what that was like. Um, and and the, kind of the way that that went down, which was, oh, we have Bill Murray, let's cut this other guy more. That's kind of, that kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, you know, he was our favorite character <laughs> growing right. up. Like, we loved Winston. And they slightly helped in the second movie because he had more to do like he had the kind of hero scene when you know the, the bathroom's on fire and he kicks mm-hmm. it in and, you know, so he got a little bit of more shine in there but it's still kind of you know there's three guys and then this dude like that's kind of what the first movie is even though mm-hmm. there's some of that there's some you know he's he's a key figure in some of the scenes where they're explaining like how terrible the threat is and everything like that but it's still kind of yeah I mean, like, the the basic rule that I have been taught and that I've learned and is that if you can, then why don't you? Like, right, if, you're, exactly. if your, your character's race does not matter to their character, then why don't you just make them black? Like, if, it, if their occupation does not pertain or, like, fits in a better way, then why don't you make them a scientist? Like, yeah. you're writing a story. Nobody, you're not attaining to history. Like, and, and there's an overabundance right now awesome great yes comedic actresses mm-hmm. um and i mean snl in and of itself is most like mo- the women are all killing it and the dudes right. are forgettable <laughs> um like some of them are really solid some of them just like what are you doing? <laughs> um but again personal taste mm-hmm. but you know like for the last even four or five years like everybody like pretty much all the women on the show have been really quite good the mm-hmm. ones that were able to you know get on the screen mm-hmm. so there was an overabundance of women where I actually had a, a day where I was just tweeting like I was like 15 tweets of, of great comedic female actresses that could have been in the movie so it's it's there's so many riches yes right. so many riches so I, I'm not I'm not down on the film or anything at this point it you know there's not enough information for me to go one way or another and I think that I'm, I'm trying to be fair because mm-hmm. I want it to succeed so. I, uh, I, we always have this where Katrina is usually the more positive one, like I wait to see, and I'm always the negative one. So I am actually negative. Mm-hmm. I was really sad about this trailer because I was actually looking forward to this movie, and I now feel like the comedy is not going to suit me. Not necessarily that it will be a bad movie, right. but that the type of comedy they're going for is not my style. My cat is literally doing the most today. <laughs> it's like... He, he is very busy. I, I feel like he, he saw has... where you put the Q-tips and is now searching. <laughs> he has never been like this like we'll normally hear him in the kitchen maybe once in a while but he is actively prowling this area <laughs> touching things anyway moving on joseph gordon levitt drops out of the sandman movie disappointing very specifically because he did it over creative differences which oh yeah like it worries me because you have good. neil gaiman on that team and he like worships the ground that that man stands on yeah. so i'm worried about where what kind of position neil gaiman is being put in in the first place, um, and who the fuck is telling Joseph Gordon-Levitt not to tell the story the way it's supposed to be? Because I don't trust a lot of white dudes. <laughs> 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 I hate to say that here in public. I don't trust a lot of white guys, 
But I trust Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Neil Gaiman to write a fucking story. Like, I trust them of all people. So it's just very, oh, what is happening? He was the reason so many people didn't feel terrified about this happening. Because they said, you know, look at him. He is a true fan. Mm -hmm. He is fighting for this. We know we have an advocate. Mm -hmm. And now we do not have that advocate. Yes. Well, I mean, we don't know what the creative difference was. Mm -hmm. We don't know what... poop in this movie. No poop in the movie. (laughs) Sorry. What do you mean? <laughs> Joseph, we can't put a bag of poop, of poop in this scene. <laughs> she just vomit when he said poop a little. <laughs> we can't put a bag of poop on fire in this scene. Anyway. I quit. Sorry. I quit. <laughs> do it out, man. I'll see you in hell. This scene must have six pigs in it. No more and no less. I'm sorry, dude. We can only do five. No. no. It must be six. <laughs> I quit. I'm out. Um, but yeah, it's worrisome. I mean, and Legendary is not a terrible... Oh, wait, it's Legendary? <laughs> yeah, it's Legendary. So I don't know what... I don't know if they're trying to... I don't know what they're trying to do with it. Like, I don't know what Warner was trying to do with it, and I don't know what Legendary was trying to do with yeah, it. Yeah, because it was the studio shift that made him really yeah. quit. Yeah. So so whatever Legendary has... I, I would guess maybe it was a budgetary thing, even. I mean, like, you know... Cause I don't think they're co-producing it. I think it just shifted down to Legendary, mm-hmm. which has decent budgets, but doesn't necessarily have that Warner Brother pocket. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if maybe that Possibly. there were some problems with that and things that they wanted to cut. Well, I also think I sometimes know. Legendary makes really questionable decisions. I mean, look at Seven Sun. Mm-hmm. That could have been a good movie. But decisions were made that led to it not quite decisions being Decisions were made. Mm-hmm. Um, That's my favorite And line. even Pacific Rim. We all love Pacific Rim as a cult classic. Like, yeah. we didn't watch it and say, this was a very good movie. Like, no. It, a woman didn't speak for the first, like, hour of that movie. Like, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but we loved it anyway because monsters and, and stuff. So I I don't necessarily have the most faith. In, in them as a studio, as, especially now that they've been bought as well. We don't know what kind of forces are, are at work there in mm-hmm. the decision-making process. I mean, maybe it, maybe it turns out not terrible. Maybe it ends up being good. We don't there know. you go with that optimism again. Yeah, I do, I do that on occasion. <laughs> Fuck like, this movie, it's going to suck now. See, she's taking all the optimism. I don't even have to say anything. I'm, I'm, I'm nice and neutral about it with the optimistic twist. <laughs> Except for Batman vs. Superman, which I think is going to be bullshit. So mm-hmm. everything else, yes. yep. it's going to be like... Like an hour of just, just, just <laughs> painful, horrible just shit. Horrible. T- See, I'm not paying okay, so. for any movie that makes me, uh, that forces me to look at Jesse Eisenberg's face. So why? Why have they done that to Lex? Lex is such a good what? character, and they did that. They're like, like your hair. Hmm, who's the douchiest person in the world? Oh, let's get Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> why? 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 I can't even see his douche. face. Wait, and that's well, not a compelling. Villain, I need to be able to stand his face. I need to somehow maybe even think from his side he's got a point. He is Lex Luthor Jr. Yeah, on top of that, he's he's Lex Luthor Jr. So there's a possibility that there is a Lex Luthor that is like actual Lex Luthor. Oh my god, wait, if they did that, you're right. If they were smart enough to do that, where like he was the jokey and then it was a real Lex Luthor, then I would be like, oh, you got me. Also, the way they do it, Captain Phasma. Yeah. My, yeah. And so I also bad. feel like everything that we've seen in the trailers is only from like the first hour of the movie. I feel like that movie is going to be yeah. like a dark side invasion in the last half of it. Or something like that. If the last half could just be dark side and Wonder Woman fighting, I would. I oh, would. I think I'd Aquaman, appreciate that movie. Because oh. Jason Momoa. Aquaman showing up and just dripping 
for like <laughs> for like ten minutes. Like, like, okay, so forty minutes just, of Wonder Woman and just Dark a slow motion fighting. like three sixty roll around. Forty him. minutes of a fucking for brutal ass, his and then butt that. is so nice. I have a picture <laughs> on my Pinterest of his butt, I and then he it. just starts doing a haka I dance because picture. it's great. I took the picture. I hope <laughs> everyone at Atlant- in Atlantis is is Pacific Islander. Like yes, everyone. that would be so much oh, fun. So yes. I don't understand why they ever they don't ever do that. Hi, look at all the people who lived and breathed water things. Could we maybe have some of them sometimes? Some people in the water. You know, water feet. And, and I think it's interesting that people are like, oh, there's a rumor that Flash and Cyborg are in it. Oh, this might be confirmed. Like, of course they're in it. They're cast. Yeah, and anybody cast. who's been cast at this point is going to be in this movie, even if it's mm-hmm. only for like six seconds. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in this. Film. I hope they just show up at the end, one but like the Lord of the Rings ending where it keeps going dark, then it comes back up and Cyborg's like, <laughs> kidding. Hey, uh, <laughs> just kidding. Did somebody order a pizza and then like it goes dark and then it comes back up and it's like, hello, I'm not from Mars, and then it goes down and it comes back up and he's like, ah, uh, anybody order a big tuna fish? And just like goes dark, goes dark, and then they're all just standing in the living room going, well, I guess we. We should form a club so no one else can come and then the movie ends yeah. yes nobody invites superman oh shit i already did oh uh, no superman no superman is like listening from a mile away and he just yells i hear you motherfuckers fuck these guys man. i hate them i'm joining their club just I'm getting on the facebook group right now i'm gonna write such a scathing article about this just 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 leave more like the fustest beaks Ooh, that's gold. Give me a picture of Spider-Man, Superman. <laughs> sick burn, Clark. Sick burn. <laughs> Why don't we write these movies? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's, let's do the work. Let's write, let's write Ghostbusters. Let's do it. Yes. Um, okay, so, so final piece Finally, of news. Uh, we have two pieces of news we're going to combine because they're both very little. Mm-hmm. Agent Carter's finale had the lowest views of the season. I personally don't think it's going to get renewed. I think people just did not know that they were missing out on a fucking fun-ass show. Mm-hmm. Um... I mm. don't think that it's as much of a concern, uh, the, the numbers, because most people watch afterwards. So I think in three weeks or two weeks, if they're still really low from the combined like DVR totals, and then maybe be a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. But I think, I don't think they're going to cancel it. I think they'd give it another season. Um, I do think it's going to get canceled, and I think it's because they made poor decisions this uh, season because at the core of the story was a very compelling female villain who was and a, the shit the shit amazing Whitney Frost is the best wh- goddamn female villain I've ever seen ever on screen in my life ever she's amazing and I she her never Carter. so here's the goddamn problem <laughs> there's the fucking problem Peggy her whole fucking story was who's she gonna end up with who's she gonna end up with right. and that was the whole thing that was it. Peggy and, and fucking Whitney did not talk until the end. And her making a bunch of terrible decisions. Yeah, horrible she, decisions. She just said YOLO through the entire season. <laughs> yeah, like she went to LA and LA did all this crazy shit to her mind that like she became an LA person and started yes. making stupid decisions. Yes. So, But Whitney Frost, though. Whitney Frost and her Amazing. boyfriend. Amazing. I'm not going to tell you it is in case, because most of you guys haven't watched it, which is mm. really sad. But her boyfriend at the end of the show, her and him are my OTP of the yeah. entire universe. He is like, so, he's like, you know what, you are crazy and your face is broken. But God, I fucking love you. Oh, I don't like shit. I love your face. Like I'm gonna because that means power. I was like, oh, God. I'm gonna support God. everything you do, and I'm just like, oh, amazing. So it really sucked because you had this great female hero or this great heroine from the last season and from the movies who always made the right decisions, was always the smartest, always had shit together. You had this amazing female villain, and the whole time they were like, whoop, whoop. Wait. There was Whoop. no 
There was no outsmarting. There was no. none of the things that make a spy show a spy mm. show. Yeah. There was nothing between them. Yeah. There was that was the big thing. Like the big thing between them was Wilkes and Wilkes. Honestly, I think they ruined that too. So it really yes. fucking but the, sucks. I will say the final episode actually brought in more spy things, and it was actually great. The final episode was really good. Mm. And this is my problem. I think the short format does not work for Agent Carter. I don't no. think that the writers can handle telling those kind of complicated stories in that short amount of time. I think they often try to tell a story that is just a little too long or a little too complicated because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, eight episodes, it's got to be one cohesive story versus an episodic kind of thing where there's a background um, story plot line, like most shows. Yeah, I think, but I also think that it is, there's some, like you were saying, there's some shows that are good for short runs and some that aren't, and mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, this one should be, like, what was it, 10? Because mm-hmm. it's five nights, two so. hour nights. So this one really should be like thirteen. Mm-hmm. No, this show should be like thirteen. Like this is what that because there's, if you're doing a spy show, unless it's like or like unless it's way short or like it's miniseries mm-hmm. length or it's like six episodes, then you need it. You need time for it to breathe. Mm-hmm. And some of the most compelling stuff that you have for all this stuff is her kind of being on the road to building shield, mm-hmm. and that's right. the stuff that's compelling. So if you don't have enough time for her to do that. And it's not in there. It's not in there at all. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, like with what you were saying, with a lot of the focus for Peggy this season was on love interest. That would be fine in a longer show. Yeah. It works fine in longer mm-hmm. shows that are already on air about superheroes. Which, and we, we also have time for that. And, and we also don't know how much of this stuff was mandated. And that's also, it's, it's a big thing for me because by the end of the season, I didn't like either of Peggy's love interests. They had both made decisions that I couldn't support. They had both acted in ways that I didn't like, and I didn't want to see end up with Peggy. So it's like, on top of the fact that I didn't like the love triangle in the first place, I couldn't even support either pairing. Because all three of them were making shitty, stupid decisions to hurt each other. I love Susan. You shut your mouth. He's <laughs> a great man. I love Susan, but his decision making just—I I thought he was the most rational of all the characters. This I'm season. gonna run away to Los Angeles to get a girlfriend so that I could no. That's sad not myself. what he did. He set up his own department, and him. he ruled fairly. He knew how to manipulate people. He knew how to compromise. He was an amazing chief, and he needed his own office. You go to hell, Katrina. You're wrong. I love Sousa, and I do support Peggy and Sousa, just because there was, the way Wilkes acted this season was just like, no, babe, don't do that. Oh. Like, that's how I felt about him this season. It's like, no, 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 you're supposed to be good. You're supposed to be great. And then you're not. Um, but either way, I don't know. Long and short, in short, it was very disappointing. I think the decisions made were very bad for a, such a short series, and I think that a lot of the things that made Agent Carter great were not on full display this season. So, But yeah. that Whitney Frost. But that Whitney Frost. But she needs her own show. She needs, well, uh, you know. Yeah. Same. Hopefully they have that in like, a comic run. I would like to see Whitney's story again. So, Yeah, I, I feel like they... ABC being owned by Disney. And okay, having plans, owned by Disney now. Having, plan, well, yeah. <laughs> having plans for certain characters and having certain things structured will mm-hmm. give it one more season. That's why. Galavant can come back. That's okay, Agent Carter. <laughs> Galavant had like five viewers. I was one of them. <laughs> loved it. I loved Galavant. Loved it. But Tad the Dragon. Ah! I loved Galavant. But, you know, if that could have five viewers and come back, then so can Agent Carter. Yeah. If Once Upon a, Ca- a Time can focus almost primarily on a terrible relationship, 
that's so good Agent Carter. <laughs> so good Agent And like, Carter. I feel like you have to kind of view like these ratings on a sliding scale mm-hmm. because there are so many people who are not watching TV the regular way. And yeah. also, who the hell knows Nielsen's viewers? Like, mm-hmm. like nobody, like that's like, I don't know who has those. I don't know. Right. That, I assume they're all in the Midwest where I can't yeah. talk to people. So it's a sliding scale. So you have to think like if, if a show gets two or three million in, in the demo live, in like mm-hmm. the 18 to 26 demo live, that's actually really, really good. Mm-hmm. Because most 18 to 26 year olds aren't watching that show live. No. So anything, you know, that's kind of higher up is mm-hmm. going to mean more. Yeah. And I think, I feel like it did pretty decently in that demo. I'd have to look because I don't remember I don't remember what it is. But I feel like, you know, like there are shows that get like four million viewers that mm-hmm. are still on like four or five seasons. And I'm like, who is watching this show? Tell you what, the 100 is not going to have very many views anymore. But that's a whole other story for a whole other time. Y'all motherfuckers know you're still going to watch that. <laughs> I'm not. Um, I, I'm mad. Dude, I haven't watched Game of Thrones in like two years because that because I was mad at Game of Thrones. So... <laughs> I'm pretty. I stick to my word. Uh, so we actually <laughs> talked about that longer than I thought. So we're yes. Gonna sorry. Okay. okay sorry. Uh, you guys should just know that Women of Power Month is a thing. Yes. Uh, if you are into Marvel games, primarily mobile ones, uh, there are going to be a lot of cool new female characters coming to your roster. So if you have a great female superheroine that you really like, then look out for her because she might be coming to your game. Coming to game near you. Now Ms. it's time Marvel. for chick picks. <laughs> We scared my cat. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) My first chick pick is to go onto Hulu and watch Agent Carter. Yay! Uh, My first chick pick is also to support Agent Carter. Uh, Sarah is going to link you in the chat. There is a specific way that you can call ABC and vote to have Agent Carter renewed. So that is now copied into the chat. Follow the image, uh, call the number that it says to call, and press the buttons it says to press so we can get re- Agent Carter renewed. Be <laughs> Please be a sheep right now so that we can get more Agent Carter and hopefully longer seasons and a better story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my pick is I'm actually going to be on a panel at WonderCon called Yay! Geek Wars, The Nerds Awaken. So it's a Star Wars panel uh, focusing on various diversity topics. Uh, so it's uh, Tony Kim, who's uh, crazy for Comic Con on Twitter, and I love then Tony. let's see, I get everybody's name right: uh, Jennifer Landa, Amy Ratcliffe, uh, Emily Ong, Ivy Doom Kitty, and Chris Gore. Yay! And I know all of those people except for like one. Yeah, I was like, whoa, look, all those people all those that people. I know. Go see all of our friends on yes. that panel. WonderCon Saturday at one. Uh, Saturday at one. Yes. Saturday one p.m. Geek Wars panel. You like? I, I feel like running up to the camera and being like. Look at this. Look at, this. Look at the screen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll give them your link to yeah. your Twitter and everything up at the end of this so they can see it too. Sweet. Uh, so my next uh, chick pick is because we're talking about comics, um, I wanted to link you guys to a comic that I think is pretty cool. Um, that's the link to, to check out the alternate cover, but if you want to read mm-hmm. it right away, it is already out. I've never tried to say it out loud. I think it's Niobe. Niobe. Um, uh, Bay. There we yes, go. Yes, I, I asked at like, the convention. I'm Bay. Oh. I'm Niobe. Niobe. I'm not Yobe. Uh, what? What did <laughs> you say? Um, so it is a story about a wild elf. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm going to tell you about it. Go click that link and uh, you should go read it. It's by Rue from Hunger Games. <laughs> yes, it is no, by Rue from Hunger Games. <laughs> True. True facts. Yay! I want to trick them into reading about an elf because they'll be like, "Oh, it's a little Galadriel," and they'll be like, "The fuck is this bitch? That's the elf." <laughs> anyway, 
Uh, my second chick pick is the Secret Lives or Loves of Geek Girls, which had a very successful Kickstarter and continues to be an awesome, awesome series about fantasy and ladies and comics. And it's by some of my favorite people in the whole wide world. So go check that out as well. Um, I'm going to co- co- combo this. Combo! Combo! So, Legend of Wonder Woman by Renee DeLiz and Ray Dillon. Dillian? Um, super awesome. It's reviving the shriveled, sad part of my heart. <laughs> that that was very, very, uh, very disconcerted by certain uh, decisions that have been made with her character recently. Mm-hmm. So it's everything that I could possibly want in a, in a comic. So you can get it um, digitally for 99 cents every week, or you can pick up the collected version in your local comic store. Also, I'm going to do Agents of the Realm by Mildred Lewis. Yay! And um, it's basically like multicultural Sailor Moon realness. Mm. Just like, just serving that just good, good, goodness. So um, that's all I will say about it. And go find that on your local uh, internets. Very good. Local internets. Did you do Secret Loves of... Uh, I did Secret Loves of Your Own. Sorry, the last I'm one for you. Sorry. Thank I forgot you. to link you. Um, the last one is Bee and Puppy Cat by Natasha Allegri. Those comics, um, so, you know, if you've already read them, awesome. But if you didn't know, Natasha Allegri, who works on, um, the show Adventure Time and Bee and Puppy Cat, also does the comic. And she is, first of all, a woman, which is cool, which is why I'm sharing. She's also mixed race, and I want to support more women who are of color in the comics industry, because as you're about to find out when we talk about, uh, the history of comics... They are a traditionally unsupportive group of people within the comics industry. Uh, my third and final chick pick is Urbance, which is a new animated series. It's not super new. It's actually been like in creation over the past year or two. But the pilot is finally online for you guys to view. It is so amazingly animated. Just the way that the characters move, just that in itself is amazing. But it's also a great story about sexuality uh, it stars almost an entirely cast, entire cast of color, and it is just amazing. It's uh, awesome. I love it. So yeah, go check out Urbants. Urbants. I say Urbants because I like the way it sounds like dance. I wanna urbance with somebody. I wanna feel the heat with somebody. In context with the series, because the sex stuff. Yeah, yeah, see what we did there? Mm-hmm. All right, now it's time for Heads Up! Woman Up! Heads Up, 7 Up! I always forget to say Heads Up, Woman It's all good. I forgot to say the first part. So, in case you have forgotten where you are, we are talking a little brief history of women in comics. Now, again, I want to highlight that this is brief, because we only have about 20 minutes. We're probably going to go a little Sorry! <laughs> we, we talked a lot. We had feelings. We got carried away. Um, all kinds of and feelings. And it is a... Fascinating history, and I really, really encourage you at the very least hop on Wikipedia and search women in comics and just give it a read because there's so much that you don't uh, know and that I would bet you don't know because I didn't know. Um, so, we're gonna start off with the older things. Oh, oh, sorry, I do want to just give you a quick background about why this is our topic. So, uh, the week I was coming back from Lake Tahoe, I think it was last week, maybe it was a week before, you know, time is a fluid structure for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into a fight with a guy who claimed to be a comics writer who has many followers, and it was mostly about the casting of Iron Fist and the fact that he didn't think that um, anybody but a white person should play Iron Fist, which is a fair, reasonable opinion to have. You are allowed to have your opinions, that's fine. 
Unfortunately, he chose to express this by saying, uh, normal people don't care. <clears throat> we took umbrage with this because, uh, are we not normal people? Like, you get to be normal because you're a white guy, but I don't get to be normal because mm -hmm. I care about, I don't know, different ethnicities and genders, having representation in comics. That, who the fuck made you god of deciding? <laughs> anyway. We got into a long fight. He deleted most of his tweets because I'm pretty sure people called him out and said you might lose your job off of this stuff. Mm -hmm. He said some horrible things, but among those things that he said was that women and black people need to wait their turn because white men were creating comics in the 40s, and those are the characters that have stuck because there were so many of them, and if black people and women want uh, comic characters like them, then they need to be creating them, and then they need to be patient. Because I pointed out that we are creating those characters, and he said, well, you need to be patient. Um, this, if you don't know why this is problematic, it is because women and minorities have been trying to be a part of the comics industry since comics first were made. Since the very mm -hmm. first person drew uh, a stick figure and a speech bubble. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Any other thoughts to add before we dive in? Uh, um, no, let's dive right in. Let's cool. go. Um, so some of the interesting ladies that we wanted to talk about, first of all, was Barbara Fisk Calhoun. Uh, did you want to talk a little bit about her? Because I know you were the one who, who peeped me to her. Oh, yeah. I was reading up about her. And so she was um, a creator in the 40s slash 50s. Mm -hmm. And um, what I found was really interesting about her is that she grew up in the South. She had a, like, a northerner mother, I believe. No, no, opposite. opposite. She was southerner mom southerner raised mom in the South. Raised in the South. Mm -hmm. So, so... Anyway, so basically, when she was growing up in her, like, proper southern family, like... Her mother forbade her from dating uh, a Mexican boy that she he, she liked. Mm -hmm. And then also she decided, well, you know, uh, fuck you, I'm going to marry a Jewish dude when I get older. And she and did. She did. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she also started this uh, really long-running commune, artist commune, mm -hmm. in, like, Vermont. So, like, she worked for, um, which comic is it? National Comic? No, not National. Harvey, Harvey Comics. Comics. Mm -hmm. Harvey Comics. She worked for Harvey Comics and she created all these different characters. And so one of them is called Girl Commandos. Mm -hmm. And basically it was a Soviet, a Chinese, a Russian, and an American woman all coming together to be this like secret war platoon. And it's like it's just such a great it's fighting great Nazis. Fighting Nazis. Just a girl group mm -hmm. fighting Nazis. How dope is that? That's super Amazing. dope. Amazing. And this is in, what, 1940? 1940. 1940. Mm -hmm. 1940. And then she had a second uh, thing called Blonde Bomber, which was a, she was a camera woman, a chemist, and a crime fighter. And she was a regular feature in Green Hornet, so she yeah. was an actual So she was an act, actual mm -hmm. thing. So I thought that was really kind of cool, and then she got out of comics and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. But what I thought was really interesting about it is that even at that point, you have you know, women and, you know, or, and then also other people of color doing these comics that are specifically purposefully inclusive. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people don't understand that or don't know that because so much of this stuff got lost because of the comics code. Mm -hmm. um, if you actually do a search, there's a website that has all of the women uh, superheroes and characters that kind of came out in that time period. And they have all these different, like, Miss Satan is one of them. There's one called Black Cat, which is not like Spider-Man Black Cat. It's a totally mm -hmm. different Black Cat. There's, like, there's there's so many of these characters that you would never, you never know because they suppressed them all. Right. Mm -hmm. um, um, so the next one I'm going to talk about is Ruth Roche. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's Roach. You know, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Russia. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm trying to give her some, some stuff she don't have. Um, she's another. So both of the both of these women are writers in the golden age of comics, mm -hmm. the age when all of these characters Everything that we know, yeah. right, was mm -hmm. were established. So this idea that women were not currently 
writing and, and doing art at that time was not true. Mm-hmm. So, um, unlike Calhoun, who's an artist, Roche was a writer and eventually became an editor. Um, she worked on Phantom Lady, Senorita Rio, which I've never heard of, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, mm-hmm. Kanga, Camilla, uh, Flamingo, which was a female-led adventure comic. Um, so she did a lot of stuff around action women and creating women of action, which sometimes we hear about a lot of comics that are about women or comic characters that are women that were made by men. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was interesting to point out times when female writers have created female characters back in the mother 40s. Mm-hmm. 1948, she yeah. was an editor already. Before that guy that is a, a comic writer? I don't know, I wouldn't hire him I, if you didn't I know that. I wouldn't hire no lady. There was a really funny moment, I can't remember which comic artist it was, uh, but it was a black man, um, oh, I can't remember who it was, because I looked up like a thousand comic writers today, uh, but the editor was asked, oh, did you have any qualms with hiring a, a black man as your writer? And he goes, let's say his name John. John, get in here! You're black! You're fired! <laughs> it was just like... Do you feel stupid now for asking that question? Mm-hmm. I hope you do. Also, as Wonder Woman is one of the only char- female characters to survive that entire period, mm-hmm. if you look at her publishing history, you can see the arc of all of that. Um, and also, it's fairly, you know, her, her a lot of the early stories mm-hmm. were influenced by, uh, you know, the, the creator's wife and... Um, their special friend. Their what? Various... Men listening to women so they can write better female characters? Two different women. Crazy. What? And so, like, you, if you look at her history, one of the big complaints I, I find currently is that, well, Wonder Woman does have rogues gallery. Mm-hmm. You know why Wonder Woman doesn't have a rogue gallery? Because when all the characters that Superman and Batman tend to now have as their long-standing rogues, she's a fucking romance comic. Or they depowered her and she was a spy fighting a giant humanoid. Please head. look up that comic where she's a spy. <laughs> look at the cover. It's a what? It is a humanoid <laughs> egg with a fucking Fu Manchu. Oh like God. it's. Oh, it's, it's pretty great. Wow. Pretty great in a terrible, terrible yeah. way. Why you do that? Because if you look at a lot of her covers from, there's all these like weird like. This, there's a monster from the water trying to marry her, or like, like there's like all these like weird, and then there's like there's one where it's like Supergirl and Wonder Woman, and Supergirl's like going out and putting on heels and dating guys, and she Wonder Woman's like, hey, maybe you should fight some crime, and she's like, no, no, it's fine, put on put on this dress, come out with me, and they're like, oh, this isn't so bad. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that, the but it's just so, so the whole world burning behind them, like. Yeah. It's fine. It's really counterintuitive. Oh <laughs> Have you seen this post? Uh, so next, wanted to talk about Jackie Orms, um, who was pretty well known as the first African American woman cartoonist. My cat has found the Q-tip again. Um, <laughs> he is going to town. Yeah. He loves the Q-tip. It's like a like even a, the old cat is like, man, like that kind of looks fun. It's like a tiny baton toy. I've never seen <laughs> him this excited. Like he doesn't play with toys. Mm-hmm. If I try to play with him, he freaks out and runs away. But this Q-tip has somehow made a connection <laughs> with my cat, and he's found true love. Um, I want to bring up uh, Jackie Orms, not so much be just because she's the first female black cartoonist that we all know about, mm-hmm. um, but because she literally had her comics suppressed. So this is this was my, my big problem with what the guy was suggesting, is yes, women and minorities were creating characters and everything like that when they could. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of time, they weren't allowed to create the characters they, characters they wanted to create. So with Jackie, she had a comic strip where it was all black characters. 
and only black newspapers would carry it. And there were not a lot of black newspapers, so it failed because it just it couldn't make money from that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's an example of why it's really ridiculous to say these kinds of things to women and minorities because we've been trying to break into this industry since the 40s and are often held back or forced to just draw white people mm -hmm. um, or forced to make it uh, a different kind of story. Uh, and we have more stories about that further on, so that's why and I brought up Jack. Not to defame anybody, but tell me who this guy is after the show, so I never, ever, ever buy a comic from him. Yes, I that's not going to happen. Yeah, me. no, well, to, to also bring up an interesting point that someone else pointed out, he got in a fight with about four people that day. Mm -hmm. Wow. And one of those people brought up, you're a comic writer, but you don't have a link to your comic immediately available in your bio? So I feel like he maybe like wrote one thing. Oh, one of you those. Know. I read a webcomic once. Right. I read a page of exactly, a and is then claiming to be of this comics writer, you know, with a little more glam than maybe. He meanwhile, should. meanwhile, people who aren't white and male don't immediately assume careers because they did something pre-pretend. Right. The rest of us have imposter syndrome. <laughs> right, we're like, I'm not <laughs> really a writer. I just wrote this one thing. It's not real. Like, I'm you know, not a journalist. Think. I mean, this site just published all of my stories. I'm just not really a journalist, You're though. Right. I didn't even think about that shit. <laughs> like, no, see, I and I hear you do this all the time. I'm not really a writer. I'm like, bitch, you have published a... It is hardcover. Like, you published a book. You're an author. We so, meanwhile... <laughs> Homeboy on Twitter is like, yeah, I wrote a comic. I drew a stick figure once. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, man. Um, so I'm just going to run through a couple more names that we won't focus on too much because we, we don't Oh, I can talk about Wendy Peeney a little if you want. Yes, go ahead and talk about yes. Wendy Peeney. Uh, okay, so Wendy Peeney is one of the people I, I really like admire. First off, her name is great. Uh, second, she created one of the most, like, her and her husband created one of the most well-known, creator-owned original comics, uh, ElfQuest, which, I mean, I don't, I don't care who you are. If you're a geek, you've probably you've heard, heard of ElfQuest yeah, by title. Haven't, you're a fat geek boy! On top Ooh. of that, Wendy Peeney fucking hit the freaking ground to promote this comic. Everything she did, she was at conventions in the 70s, she was at the first comic cons, not only was she doing the comics, she was also writing entire plays that would go out mm -hmm. at comic cons where she would dress up as Red Sonia and her husband would be someone else and it would script an entire hour-long show. So, Wendy Peeney, I think, is one of the most admirable comic writers because she took something... High fantasy in comics is not something that, like, sells over superheroes, but she took it and she turned it into, like, a 20-30 year legacy. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people where ElfQuest was their first comic. Yeah, ElfQuest, absolutely. I mean, and, yeah. in case you've never read ElfQuest, the main character is, of course, an elf. Mm -hmm. He's got blonde hair, he's nice, rogue-looking dude. The bitch he falls in love with and has all his children with... Guess what race she is? Oh my god, a black elf. <gasps> in the 70s? <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh, and there's uh, her whole people. And then also there's like four other kinds of elves. Because hey, guess what? Elves don't just have to be one race and one type of people, you crazy fucks who write mm -hmm. fantasy novels. Mm -hmm. And then they go on to actually have mixed race children when they have children. And yeah. like they're drawn to be mixed race. Do you know how important this was to me as a child? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Who was like A, addicted to fantasy, and B, is biracial. It was pretty long and important. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear any of your excuses. 
Like, if you don't know what Elf Quest is and you haven't read Elf Quest, I'm sorry, but you're a fake geek boy. <laughs> like, you're a fucking fake geek boy. You don't know anything about the start of comics. Please don't be. Like, this lady, I'm sorry, this lady was at every it. comic convention. This lady was at every panel. She was constantly speaking. Her and her husband fucking powered it. And so, if you don't know what Elf Quest is, I don't know who you are. Also, if you actually don't know what ElfQuest is, you should go read them. It's really good. Like, yes, we're making fun of you. Try not to be too hurt. We can make them all the time. Uh, but, but go read them. They're great. I mean, of course, be aware that it is, like, you know, made in the 70s, so storylines are going to seem more tropey to you, mm-hmm. probably. But it's still great reading. Yeah. Um, next, I want to talk about June Tarpe Mills. Bailey, I know you love June Tarpe Mills, but you can't be talking. Stop mansplaining, Bailey. Uh, <laughs> I did it. I told you I was going to do it. She was one of the first major uh, female comic artists, and she created Miss Fury, Mm -hmm. so she was the first female creator of a female superhero. Uh, So if you haven't heard of Miss Fury, go give it a look. And she, like a few other women on our list that we're not going to get to, went by a pseudonym because she didn't want people to know that she was a woman because it hurts you as a woman creator to let people know that you're a woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Still to this day. Barbara Hills, which was her her, uh, pseudonym, she would just put B. Hills because it was hard to... J.K. Rowling. Mm -hmm. It's still happening today. still happening. Yep. Also, I'm pretty sure they just put out a new Miss Fury comic book last month. Really? That sounds pretty awesome. Nice. Um, we also had Hilda Terry, who was the first woman allowed to join the National Cartoonist Society in 1950. Her husband put her name in, because he was also a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. After a year of debating, they let her in, and as soon as she got in, you know what she did? She turned around and pulled all the other ladies up behind her. Mm-hmm. A plus. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Hilda. Um... We won't, because we are running out of time, we won't get into all the underground comics, but basically when the Comics Code came out, do you want to talk, I know Tamara you and Katrina, you both feel strongly about the Comics Code, do you guys want to talk about it briefly? That is bullshit. Um, yeah. <laughs> Please, take it away. <laughs> um, well, okay, so, there's a lot of reading, and a lot of, there's a documentary, I believe, about the Comics Code, mm-hmm. too, that essentially, post-World War Two, and this is kind of ties into McCarthyism, um, there, uh, the Comics Code came down so that we could protect the children. Uh, so a lot of things so a lot of things that were just happening in comics uh, were now you know experimental voices and things like that a lot of stuff just got squashed so you couldn't really have people questioning authority you couldn't really have brown people in your comic that weren't Mm -hmm. caricatures Mm -hmm. like that's like an actual an actual thing we actually had a whole there's a whole story in here I'm just going to briefly sum it up but basically, uh, one of the first fights with the com- well, one of the most well-known fights with the Comic Code was when William Gaines um, wanted to reprint Judgment Day. He wasn't allowed to, so he replaced it with Eye for an Eye. Um, but it was objected to as well because the central character was black. Mm-hmm. The story was about racial bias and would not have meant anything if the main character was white. So the writers and artists fought, and the editor fought for it, um, and they actually had to fight for it and end up getting rid of a scene at the end which depicted a black astronaut. Um, so, again, just evidence that this is a real thing. Terrible, systematic mm-hmm. erasure, yeah, erasure of women and people of color from the comics industry. And I, I think pretty much any comic writer or artist that you talk to also feels very strongly against it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it still exists now. It is not nearly as terrible, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but the you know the reverberations of that, it's you can't. It's hard to get rid of. You know, what I mean, like it's mm-hmm. 
you know, again, this, this systematic stuff, it's hard to, to break down, and you have to have a lot of people actively working against it in order to do that. Right. And, and even how it affects you as society, right? So yeah. a lot of these women who did try to write comics or, or um, draw for comics were told by society that this was an unladylike thing to do. Yeah. We, we know we've talked about it before with Disney and how they wouldn't let women um, artists join at first because it was not ladylike mm-hmm. to do that sort of work. Um, so fighting against that stigma, even today, if I ask, you know, a random little girls in the street if they want to be comic writers, just now we are maybe starting to see that that's changing. Mm-hmm. But when I was growing up, no girl I knew even considered that she could. And and that that's the power of images, and that's the thing that we're fighting when we talk about representation, mm-hmm. because it's not an, it's not for it's not just that so we can see ourselves and things that we love but it's also so that other people can actually see other people. You know what I mean? Like, if you live in the middle of Ohio mm-hmm. in a very tiny town of, like, 100 people, you probably, it's probably not particularly diverse. Mm-hmm. So you've never met a real-life black, Asian, Latino, you know, Pacific Islander, whatever, mm-hmm. person in your life. So the only way that you know how, how people are are by the images you consume. So um, that is why we fight about this. This mm-hmm. is why we are loud about this this is why we get mad about this because you are controlling and creating a false image of the world right um so again rushing through you guys should know uh in the world of manga Mm -hmm. uh the names machiko hasegawa yoshiko nishitani rumiko takahashi those are some important names machiko was the first person to the first woman woman to write um to do art sorry to be an artist in manga Mm -hmm. um Yoshiko kind of changed the game. She is the reason we have all of the popular anime that we have now that involves kids and relationships and being in school Mm -hmm. and then also doing cool shit like fighting or being unicorns or whatever the fuck they do is because of Yoshiko. She's the one who changed the face of that forever. And then Rumiko is possibly the best-selling female cartoonist of all time because she wrote Ranma One Half and a bunch of other things. Uh, Special shout-out to Naoko Takeuchi? Uh, who created Sailor Moon and basically revitalized the yeah. magical girl genre, which is a very, very important genre, and in my opinion. Very obviously, you would think very that magic girl. Yeah. But it's very, and it's also just extremely influential on mm-hmm. the current creator landscape. Mm-hmm. Babs Tars mm-hmm. always has, you know, Sailor Moon shout outs and a lot of her Batgirl, and a lot of her art, mm-hmm. um, you know. The Hellcat comic right now. Mm-hmm. The manga inspiration is so yeah. evident in that comic. And P.S. it's amazing. Please go yeah, read Hellcat. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people discount the influence of, you know, women and very... There's a cat right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, people underestimate the influence of this stuff. And, you know, we get mad about it because we know about it and nobody else does. Because mm-hmm. you want to talk about erasure and we're not there. And also... the. Also, please stop saying create your own characters. Just right. shut the fuck up. Just shut that. the fuck up. We are. Because we, have we do. Been this and whole maybe time. <laughs> if you wouldn't adapt it and cast white people as those characters, then everybody else would know about it too. Yeah. Right. This isn't difficult. Anyway, okay. <laughs> right. Oh my it god. It became like super, there. super. Uh, what is Michael Fett? He's German, right? Yeah. It became super hyper. Oh, I was very aware today because of all the promotions that he is playing a Spaniard and I. I mean, yeah. even then, like, most of them are white. I understand. I'm Chilean. We have descended. Yes. But, but it's but just like... He's like German-Irish. Yeah. Irish? Like, why not? Yeah. 
Spaniards are fucking sexy. Why can't you cast them? Right. Oh, God. It's, it's very frustrating. And, you know, then it, it's also sad because sometimes things flop because of it. Because they Like, under- didn't we learn from the Prince of Persia? Gods right. of Egypt. Like, gods of Egypt now. And what's funny is if Gods of Egypt had just had confidence and told its own story and not tried to set it in Egypt, that's a fantasy movie that I probably would have been excited to see. I still mm-hmm. I still think it's probably true. Um, but the fact they tried to shoehorn Egypt into it, but then weren't brave enough to actually, I don't know, put people who resembled Egyptians into it, mm-hmm. yeah. it's just, it's another example, like, this keeps happening over and over, and they'll blame the type of movie, and they'll mm. blame fantasy, or they'll blame women. I'll tell oh, you this. oh, I can't sell Muhammad Muhammad. <laughs> oh. The stories oh. leading up to its release mm-hmm. had the main cast are all basically white people. Mm-hmm. And then when it talked about it flopping, that was the first time I saw a picture of any brown people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, no, it wasn't what you thought. No, it was because of the white people, yo. Um, we wanted so, to see it. Real quick, uh, see movie. I just wanted to talk about some female characters created by women, mm-hmm. because some of them you might not have known were created by and women. And a lot of them were created by Gail Simone. <laughs> yes. Very recently. Gail yes. made a lot of Quite characters. a lot. She made Agent X, Adam Four, all these people, but there's yeah. some others. So Aqualad was made by Ramona Fraden, one of the people who was brought up um, by that lady I talked about who got into the cartoonist society and pulled somebody up, mm-hmm. else up. That was Ramona, was one of the first people. Cable was by mm-hmm. Louise Sim- Simonson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Commandette by Nina Albright. Uh, who are some other interesting ones that Long I think you guys would Anne Nocenti. That's like, he's a pretty big X-Men. Metamorpho was also by Ramona. Yeah. Uh, as we already talked about, Miss Fury. Miss Marvel, of course, by Obviously. G. Willow Wilson. Yeah. I love saying her name, and I will say it every time. Oh, yeah, Power Pack. That was also Louise Simonson. Which, I don't understand why there's not a Power Pack cartoon, by the way. That's just... We, we, a lot we of have so many questions time. about cartoons. So many questions. Uh, uh, Sony uh, has the rights to it, so... Prodigy. Sony has the rights for Power Pack? Sony has the rights to Power Pack. Still making a cartoon. Prodigy mm-hmm. by Christina Ware. Yeah. Uh, Miles Morales by Sarah Pacelli. Mm-hmm. Steel, Louise Simonson. Man, mm-hmm. that guy brought up Steel, by the way. He was like, black people love Captain America, they like Static Shock, and they're meh about Steel. And then a black person commented like, I kind of like Steel, but I guess it's okay. Well, okay, but here's the thing. People, all people love Static, first of all. Right! How dare you not love Static Shock? He is just a delightful person. And had one of the best theme songs of any cartoon (laughs) in the 90s. Um, so, number one. Number two, Steel is real dope, but they mm-hmm. never use him in comics. Mm-hmm. He was in the JLU cartoon. Um, there's a, oh, there's one episode where it was like, you know, smart smart black people talking. It was Mr. Terrific and Steel and, and uh, Marsha Manander, who I do mm-hmm. count as black, uh, all having a conversation <laughs> about all? stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm into it. Right. Yep. Uh, Ultra Girl was Barbara Randall Kessel. Mm-hmm. Who's very nice. I met her once. Um, let's see, Scandal Savage, it's my favorite, <laughs> of course. Well, but yeah, basically this whole, like, Black Alice, also, mm-hmm. um, she did a Ryan Choi, Adam, that's also a Gail Gail Simone just created all the anti-heroes we could find. Yeah, mm-hmm. on this, yeah, on this particular list, the current Ragdoll, um, let's see, who else, it was a good one. Apocalypse was made by Louise Simonson. Louise Simonson has a lot of, like, legit, like, historically mm-hmm. really famous characters. Mm-hmm. Yes. Typhoid Mary by mm-hmm. Anne Nocenti. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, all the other characters who are supporting and, and whatnot. But I specifically, speaking of Hellcat, Patsy Walker. Right, Patsy Walker, mm-hmm. Ruth Atkinson, mm-hmm. and or Bessie Herman Little. It depends on which one you want to count. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, are some of the heroes that you might not have thought of. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because so often we do hear about female characters, but they're still written by men and being, being written by men. So about that, somebody did a little investigating. And in DC Comics, 75, 
75-year history. Mm-hmm. There's, they have only ever hired two black women writers on monthly titles, Felicia Anderson and Angela Robinson, mm-hmm. in 2009. Mm. 75 years, and Marvel has never done it. So one of the problems is y'all need to hire yeah. women writers and, and minority I, writers. And I think there's only been one woman to write any Batman issue ever. Gail? No. Oh. Somebody else, I can't remember. Like Gail or Batman? Um, Katrina, you Possibly tried to do too. some investigation of Latina women in comics. Uh, and it's basically only indie comics. Um, and it was really disheartening because off the top of my head, when I was thinking about Latin or like Hispanic writers, um, I could name a billion of them and they're all men. Mm-hmm. And most of them are artists. And not to discredit artists or no. what make comics breathe. Um, right. Not to discredit that, but, but it is important. It is massively disheartening. Like because I want to be a comics writer because I am a writer, and to see virtually no Latina women ever working in comics out in a writing or art job, artist job. Um, it's it's it really hurt me today. I was very sad. I was like actually sad because I was doing the research, and I'm like, there's got to be somebody and. No, uh, yeah. most of them are, are coming out today, right now. The people that are, are coming up that really need um, your support, you know, like they're, you know, as a as a Latina who is aspiring to write comics, I would like to see more people like and, me. And if you guys know of some, please let us know because sometimes there are people who are mixed race or don't immediately identify mm-hmm. for business purposes, mm-hmm. um, which is completely understandable. But, you know, let us know if you know anybody, because that would be great. Um, and um, Right, oh, yeah. so you just reminded me, in 1910, George Harriman was pretty much, as far as I can tell, one of the first uh, comic creators, and he passed as white. And mm-hmm. he wrote on everything that he was white, and it was only when they went back and found his birth certificate when someone else was writing about his legacy mm-hmm. that they even... Because he, he claimed to be Greek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he claimed to be, like, all these I'm, other things. I'm Italian. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm Sassoirdy right. Italian. And, and that's still happening even today. I mean, yeah. in case you don't know, Natasha Allegri is Latina mm-hmm. as well. And not everybody knows that. Yeah. So I just posted in the chat some women we would like you to check out. And, of course, please feel free to tweet us at Woman Up Show if you have any other women that you think we should check out. Um, yes. But a few, Afua Richardson, mm-hmm. god damn. You will look at her art, and if, if you don't like art, maybe you won't feel this way, but if you are anyone who enjoys art, you're going to be mm-hmm. like, ooh, when you mm-hmm. see that shit, because it's so good. It's like, it's like eating a cake. It's so good. <laughs> um, Gail Simone, because she's funny and an asshole. Obviously. G. Willow Wilson, because, I mean, have you read Miss Marvel? Mm-hmm. It's fucking amazing. Uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, because she's out here running shit. Oh, I spelled her name wrong. Don't tell nobody. Uh, Marjorie Liu. <laughs> who is uh, a major comics writer now. She's worked on Silk. Uh, she's about to write the Han Solo miniseries, which I, you know, like, people weren't excited about the Han Solo miniseries, but as a woman, I am excited that a woman is writing a Han Solo story, because that I have faith in. I don't, this is not, this is, this suddenly became not a story where I think, Hansel is gonna like hit a Twi'lek or something, like just like smash that in the middle of the comic all of a sudden. Like I think Marjorie Lou is gonna write a really good Han story. Just so. get real Captain Kirk with it. Yeah, just get real because that's what they tried to do with him. Like every freaking spinoff story before Han met Leia was like, I'm so Captain Kirk, I'm so. And you see him in the movies, and it's like you act smooth. Yeah, he's a dork. He's a, giant, <laughs> a dork. Man. He travels around with his Wookiee friend. Like yeah, why is he hitting he's that? A, he's, he's a not, dork. So he's a dork. like. I'm I'm really excited for this this particular take on Han Solo from Marjorie. So if you haven't checked her out, check her out. She's gotten a lot. She's got a lot of Marvel comics, um, some DC titles, and a lot of indie titles as well. So, yeah. 
Um, so I just want to say there's been somebody in the chat all night who's been asking us to answer some questions. Mm -hmm. But he just now said, look, they can't shut their mouth for two seconds to answer a question. Uh, women do love to talk. So we are going to not answer questions this show. Bye, bitch. Bye. Bye, Felipe. Bye, Felipe. There's your answer. Fuck off. So, our next show is March 23rd. Follow at Woman Up Show to find out the topic. We will be announcing it because we forgot to figure that out before doing this because that's who we are as people. Um, where can we find you tomorrow? Give us uh, You can find me at Misfits Tomorrow on the Twitters. That's the best place to, uh, you know, hear me rant more or about stuff. Or talk about it respectively. respectfully. Um, I live tweet a lot of stuff and, um, yeah, happy, fun, good times. Mm hmm. Uh, you can find me anywhere on the internet if you search for Katrina, Katrina with a C. Um, and uh, 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 what else am I doing right now? Go to okatrina.com for cool blog posts and vlogs. I'm laughing because now he's just going on a little temper tantrum. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to wait my turn, so the women's is being mad to me. And when did I ever say you were entitled to ask me a damn thing, sir? Like, the mods some, have kicked him out. He's not there like, anymore. What, oh, man. I, I know. I'm kind of sad. Mods, come on. Like, are you stupid? <laughs> have you never watched the podcast? You wait till the end, you shit shit. Right. Face. You shit shit. You shit uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit face? Shit no, no, show? He's a, he's a shit shit. It's shit shit. Uh, so you can find us at... Uh, that's a terrible Pokemon, by the way. Shit uh, shit. shit. <laughs> that's all he does. Shit shit. Shit shit. Shit shit. Shit shit. Guys, we found He's, he's, he's a flaming we bag of poo. We found Felicia Day's Pokemon. He's a flaming bag of poo with eyes. Shit shit. And his name is shit shit. Ah, shit shit. I'm being Beautiful. a flaming... This is my flaming bag of poo face. Shit shit. <laughs> uh, we have a YouTube channel. You should follow it. We do not spam. We post like four videos a month. You'll love it. Uh, you can follow me at Sarah the Rebel. They already told you where to find them. Please also listen to us at allgames.com slash whoop or at bit.ly slash whoop iTunes. Or you can just go to iTunes and type in Woman Up Podcast now because that's kind of cool that that has suddenly happened. Uh, but we'll see you on the 23rd. But until then, party, party down, down and, and woman up. Bye, guys.